0: I want to remind everyone that the IB Sports Podcast uh, Network is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. We're also on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Finally, we have a premium membership that allows you to post without being approved by an admin, levy fines, receive free gambling picks, and much, much more. And with that, we are back with week nine uh the nfl season the weekly daily fantasy football podcast i am your host keith fleming with me as always is my co-host joe matz uh we will not get
1: political today right joe there's been enough <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, not unless to mention,
1: something gets called during this podcast, I think we can just leave it all alone. <laughs> there
0: we go, uh, and and not to mention just uh, I was losing my mind and having flashbacks uh, last night. So it's I've been trying to actually study even more so uh, for our picks this week. But um, before we get into our picks this week, I, I just want to remind everybody the format. What we do is we go off the DraftKings rankings. So the prices will only match up to DraftKings, but they'll be very similar on FanDuel or actually any other sites you do. But at each position, we give you three players, one in the uh, expensive range, one in the middle tier range, and one in the bottom tier range. Last week, our picks were not as good as they've been for honestly like the last month. But I do want to say, not you know making up excuses, that's not normally my style, but the, a majority of the games are in the Northeast and there was terrible wind and weather for those, and it played a huge factor. But we still had some big picks. We had Herbert at 6,900 last week uh, for 23.22 points. Uh, Burrow for 6,200 at 18.86 points. Gio Bernard was one of my better plays. At 5,800, he had 22.8 points. Uh, Miles Gaskin at 5,200 had 14.3 points, which is something Joe talked about as he's a guy that He has a very low floor week to week. I'm really disappointed to see he's missing uh, the next couple of weeks with uh, Tua just you know getting started. Because I think the Dolphins' offense is going to get a lot better. I really do. Um, Keenan Allen, I'm sure. I know I'm going to go and tell you I picked him this week. I haven't looked at your picks (laughs) uh, until they lower the like really up the price. He did go from 6,200 to seven grand last week. He was 6,200. He had 21.7. Uh, points. I talked about how he had five touchdowns in five games in Denver. He's now got six touchdowns in six games in Denver. Uh, you had uh, A.J. Brown, who had 12.4 points. That wasn't so great. You had Keenan Allen. The tight ends were really bad for us. I mean, really bad. Uh, we can move on. My best play last week was Devontae Adams at 8,800, which I know most people are like, that's really expensive. He's probably the highest ranked receiver. <laughs> But you know, like my philosophy is not to do that. He scored thirty point thirty points. He has three games this year with thirty or more points. He has forty two and forty six in the other two. So, uh, you want to talk about a boomer bust? I loved your Brandon IU uh, pick last week for flex at, at fifty eight hundred. He had twenty three point one zero points, and then it should not be surprising. Our defenses were the most successful. The Chiefs had nine points. The uh, Dolphins, which we both had, had twenty three points. Uh, and we yeah. didn't even we both. It took them together, and no, then the that was Eagles, our call of the week, right there. It was. They've it's been at twenty four hundred. The call of the week, you know, we were all in on the week they scored fifteen points uh against the Jets, and then your uh, pick of the Eagles at thirty five hundred for twenty points. Uh One other thing before we get into our picks this week, so a good friend of mine, Joe Eastop, came and visited from Houston. And I was, you know, t- explaining to him. And maybe this is just something for me, Joe. So I have to ask if you do this. But
1: okay.
0: I'll fill out my lineup, and then usually about a few hours before, an hour before, however you want to call it, I start tinkering. That's <laughs> what I call it. Where I'll like change a guy, and then you look and you're like, oh, I have an extra three hundred bucks, and then I'll change another right. position. And I'll change another, and next thing you know, you've changed like two or three moves on your team that you know you've researched and done all this stuff for. And sometimes it backfires. Last week, you know how big I was on Devonte Adams. I took him out of two leagues at the <laughs> last minute. Uh, and what sucks is not only did I take him out in those two entries, it also started a chain reaction where a few guys lower, like Brandon Ayuk, was matched up with Devonte Adams in those. And I ended up changing Ayuk out because I had more money. Uh and that was my tinker stinker of the week. <laughs> uh do you tinker with your your lineups? Like do you end up messing with it right before the game start, or do you once you set them pretty much let them go?
1: Um you know, because I do you know like four or five lineups in a week, because I'll do all the free ones and then pay for like three. There they're always I'll usually leave most of them, but there's always like one or two where I'm like, ah, but what if I did this instead? And Last week, thankfully, I stopped myself because I was on the verge of taking Devontae out of the league I had him in. And I was like, you know what? I like Literally the moment I was going to do it, Michael Strahan started talking about how he thought Devontae Adams was going to go off. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave this. Let's not mess with the most consistent wide receiver in the NFL. But, yeah, there's been weeks, especially with what you talked about, where when you have that little bit of extra money left over, because I, I know there was one week where I talked about Brandon Cooks and he was like 5,000. And for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put in Chenault this week at 5,200. And Cooks you, scored 20 you wanna, points. It's, the,
0: it's like the OCD, at least in me, yeah. that it's like, I don't want to leave a lot of money out there. And I really do think sometimes the most I've ever won on an entry, I've had like five, $600 left over. And it's so hard for me to just, like, don't mess with it. Like, yeah, you might could get a little bit better matchup or a little bit better player, but it's like trust your instinct. So uh, from now on, if I have any <laughs> – we have officially named them uh, my Tinker Stinker of the Week, you will definitely hear about it. Last week, it was uh, definitely Devontae Adams. I still had them in two lineups. One of them cashed. Uh, but the other two, God, I, I, they were, uh, like, my better lineup. So pretty disappointing um this week I think the picks look a lot better than they did last week I I, you know we both talked about going into it I wasn't crazy about a lot of the matchups uh, especially with the weather Uh, right before kickoff I called you kind of freaking out going man our picks are probably going to suck because they're all from games uh that they're talking about wins anywhere from 20 to 40 miles an hour Uh, I would have definitely been more heavy on running backs at flex and those kind of deals but I'm going to start with Deshaun Watson as my high-tier quarterback. He's 7,100. He's at Jacksonville. Watson has been on a quiet run, overshadowed by his team's poor performance, win-loss record. Since the Pittsburgh game, Watson has thrown 11 touchdowns with two interceptions and averaged 29 fantasy points per game. He is facing a Jaguar secondary. And just defense in general that we've talked about uh, for months now is really bad. Oh, yeah. And they're not going to be out without their starting quarterback. And I really feel bullish about this is the Texans have no run game, like none. Like David Johnson has been a bust. Duke Johnson has constantly disappointed. I just don't see them having a guy that's going to run away with it. And maybe the Texans defense does, you know, slow down the Jaguars. But I don't think they'll slow him down that much. And I think he does enough to get around that. 30 points that he's been getting consistently for the last five weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that pick. Like, like you said, we've we've been big on picking the quarterback who's playing the Jacksonville Jaguars because mm-hmm. they're atrocious. And like you said, I, I feel like we've all, like even I feel like I'm kind of like sleeping on Deshaun this year just because of how bad the team's been. But he's he's been con- his consistent self. So I love that pick. Um, I had a tough choice between two guys in the same game, which was Josh Allen and Russell Wilson, because I think they are both set up to have huge weeks. But ultimately, I went with Russell Wilson because I, for the life of me, cannot understand why he's 7,600 this week.
0: I, I had a hard time figuring that yeah. out myself.
1: He's, he's scored, he's one of two QBs who scored at least 20 every week on DraftKings. Kyler Murray is the other one. And uh, as good as Josh Allen has been, Josh Allen is averaging 25.1 points on DraftKings this year. Russell Wilson's worst game of the year has been 24.9. So it's like you're getting elite stuff every week, which makes sense because he's on pace to break the passing touchdown record. And, I mean, he's facing a Bills defense, which is not the Bills defense from last year. They're 29th against QBs on DraftKings. And that's with two games against the Jets and playing Kansas City in a rainstorm. So th- things could be even worse if they were playing real teams and the best passing offense in the league hadn't had a rainstorm to deal with. So, oh, I mean, and
0: by the way, they have no healthy running backs.
1: Right. So they're, exactly. They're going to be forced to throw. <laughs> I have no idea who's even going to be like. Is DJ Dallas going to be the That's guy?
0: I actually have him in several lineups. I did not. I don't think I included him in any of my picks. No, I did not. But I I do have him in some lineups that I'm doing just because. I mean, if if they rule out, you know, both. Uh, I can't even. It's, it's Hyde, Car- right? Yeah, Carlos Carson Hyde is Hyde. the back out. I know that the Carson is out. Uh, I mean, he's not a bad play because Buffalo's been really bad against the run too, but I just don't see Dallas you know, carrying it 30 times. Uh, yeah. And that's <laughs> flinging. It's like almost like Pete Carroll oh, this year sure. was like, okay, I'm tired of y'all asking me why Russell Wilson exactly. doesn't throw it more. He's going to throw it every play this year. Uh, so,
1: every non-Jets or Patriots QB that has faced the Bills has thrown multiple touchdowns. And, again, Russell Wilson is on pace to break the record for passing touchdowns in a season. I have no idea why he's not at least $8,000, and I I would have him over Mahomes this week. I wonder so, if the is weather maybe a deal. Like, I have to look. Because it, it was. I looked at that.
0: But, you know, the quarterbacks are cheap this week, though, because Rodgers, I thought – was low. And when I'm looking at what Watson's points have been, his seemed kind of low at 7,100. Uh, I, again, I don't know how they do these formulas. I, I don't understand how it works. Maybe it's because all the quarterbacks have good matchups, so they made them cheaper. I, I, I really don't know, but you've almost talked me into changing uh, some of my uh, <laughs> picks this week because, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, the more I've thought about it, would that match up? And and same deal back. You know, vice versa. I do like Josh Allen, and I do like the Buffalo receivers uh, this week against Seattle as well, because receivers have feasted uh, against oh, uh, Seattle yeah. secondary.
1: Um, yeah, to your point, maybe it is just that there's enough good matchups for these higher end QBs that it just kind of deflates the value. That's that's the only thing that makes any sense to me because it's. Crazy that he's not the number one QB this week. though.
0: So, Matt Ryan's my middle tier. And kind of, again, to your point, he's at 6,400. He's at home versus Denver. He has been really consistent in most of his starts. So, with the exception of a three-week slump where he played a good Bears defense and his receiving core was banged up, where yeah. Julio was basically out, which is a big deal, uh, he's averaged 26.2 twenty six point two points per game in his other five starts. This uh, week, his team will have an extra rest coming into the game. I know Ridley is questionable, but that means Julio, and it's a Falcons fan, is going to be as close to 100% as he is is when he has like eight to 10 days rest in between a game. And and that kind of matchup, I would not be surprised if Julio goes, I mean, nuts (laughs) uh, this week. He definitely will come up again later uh, in my picks. Uh and the Denver secondary is not great. Like this is not we we've talked about this I think a few times on the podcast. This is not the Denver defense you're used to. Uh just like we, last week, Justin Herbert, who you know I love, I know you love, we're yeah. both very high on, but I mean he went into Denver and threw three touchdowns, two hundred and seventy eight yards, and you can question Anthony Lennon and the Chargers, like, what the hell were you doing down the stretch? trying to run out the clock when he was throwing like 30, 40 yard bombs down the field left and right. They got really conservative. Then it got to one score. He did throw a bad pick, but I mean, it just, they can be thrown on and I expect Ryan to be in that 20, to 26 range. And again, like 20 to 26 points for $6,400. And I just don't see Ryan having a really bad game uh, at home against a mediocre Broncos defense. I I really like him at 6,400. He's going to be at least in one of my lineups this week as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's just a solid all-around play there because, yeah, I mean, Denver's shown that they're susceptible to good passing teams, and when Julio is out there, Atlanta is for sure a good passing team. Uh, I'm going a little bit higher, and you've already mentioned him, but Aaron Rodgers at 6,700. I mean, I think that's, that's either the lowest or the second lowest price he's had all year. Uh, Aaron Jones might miss his third straight game. He's going to be a game-time decision. Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon are out because Dillon has COVID, and Jamal Williams was in close contact with him. So they're looking at, like, if Jones can't go, they're going to have, like, practice guys out there at running back. So that just means you're going to see all the more of Aaron Rodgers this week. Um, San Francisco is third against QBs on DraftKings, but that ranking is a little bit sketchy because half their games have been against the Jets, Giants, Eagles, and Patriots. So that's half their schedule right there. Four teams that have really struggled to pass. Uh, Football Outsiders passing DVOA, which adjusts for opponents. says San Francisco is only the 17th best pass defense. And they gave up four passing touchdowns to Russell Wilson last week. And Fitzpatrick put up his best game of the year of three touchdowns for 340 yards against the Niners. So, I mean, no running backs. Aaron Rodgers at 6,700. I mean, th- this week, it's just going to be hard to pick a QB because there's just too many that it's like, this guy could put up 40 this week.
0: And that's why I'm leaning towards trying to take one of these guys that are actually in the you know bargain tier. Yeah. Because I think that, I don't think there's going to be a huge separation in them. And then you can spend more money at the other positions where I think it would make a really big difference. That San Francisco Green Bay game is going to be really interesting because teams that have been able to run because they, you know, stay in the game with Green Bay has ran all over Green Bay's defense. Same thing with San Francisco, you know, that if if you kind of look at the games that they haven't controlled by running and getting up early teams have thrown all over them. So uh, I'm actually really intrigued, and I'm I'm just amazed at Shanahan. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That week in and week out, he continues to make this team competitive. I mean, that Seattle game—I know it was two scores late. They scored a touchdown to make it a little closer than what it actually was. But again, they still hung with uh, you know the second-best team in the NFL record-wise uh, in Seattle without all their players, losing Kittle's during that game, losing Jimmy G. Uh, it's it's just really impressive what they keep doing. So I really like my bargain play here, and it's Derek Carr at the Chargers at 5,700. Carr is quietly having a great second season with John Gruden as his head coach. Last week he struggled, but again, a lot of offenses did that played in the Northeast. He was one of those. There was high wins. Uh, In the five starts before that, he was averaging 22 points per game, and his lowest individual game during that stretch was 17.4 points. He's facing a a Chargers defense that is giving up 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns in their past four games. That is not good, Uh, (laughs) including, I believe he's your pick, right, Locke, who I do like Locke a lot, but he has not really done that much this year Uh, so far, and he torched them. When Denver finally went into, okay, let's just spread it out. We got all these young weapons that can, you know, move and stuff. I think what a lot of people thought Denver was going to be this year, but it just shows the Chargers are success, uh, susceptible to that. And it just needs to be reminded. Carr threw all over the Chiefs, who are one of the better passing defenses in the league uh, in a shootout. I don't think, you know, L.A. is exactly going to be an intimidating trip, even if there was crowd there. Uh, so I expect Carr in good weather, 5,700, he'll get you probably at least 20 points. And again, if I can take 5,700 on my QB and spend a lot more in other places, you'll see my first pick at running back kind of why I'm going that way. Uh, I think that you need to go on one of the lower tier because there is a lot of guys there. I like Locke, I also like Phillip Rivers a little bit against Baltimore. Uh, but why don't you tell me why Locke is your low
1: tier guy? Um, I mean, the to be, to be sure, I think that, that that's the safest play right there is what you were just talking about. I don't know. Locke is playing my Falcons second. <laughs> but, I mean, Locke has also pretty much looked awful except for the second half last week against the Chargers. So there's some risk here, which is exactly why he's 5,200, which is incredibly low for a guy who's not like a backup making a start. But at the same time, he did throw three second-half touchdowns in a game, and he is playing the Atlanta Falcons, who are 29th in passing DVOA, 30th in QB rating allowed, 31st in passing yards allowed per game, and dead last in passing touchdowns. So at 5,200, you're getting a guy who looks like he maybe Locke is building some actual rapport because he was injured earlier this year, and he's Mm -hmm. looked better each successive week since he's been back. He's got that young receiving core. So I think there's a chance that he's on the way up, and it's hard to be more up than when you're facing the Atlanta Falcons. And and
0: you need to remember what's happened in Atlanta games three times already (laughs) this year, where the Falcons have scored a bunch of points early. Teams just go into, we're throwing it on every down. And when you got Jerry Judy... Uh, You got the uh, tight end Fant. You got uh, Patrick, if he's available, who's been really good. I mean, they have, as you were saying, some really good weapons uh, on the outside. And that's with Cortland Sutton being done for the year. So, I mean, I think there's multiple ways that I could see Locke having a 20-point game or more, whether it be a close game throughout and he just plays well, or if it's just a game where they get beat early and he gets a bunch of garbage points, which has been partly why Matt Ryan has also been so consistent. So uh, I, I do like all of those picks. Moving on to the running back, and I mean, I'm going to go right out and say, the Dalvin Cook play this week at 8,200 versus Detroit is exactly what I did last week with Devontae Adams. 8,200 is a lot for running back. I mean, it's a lot, but he has scored at least 17 points in each game. He's played this season – He scored in every game he's played this season, and he's playing a Lions-run defense that, I mean, it's abysmal. They have given (laughs) up 12 touchdowns to running backs in seven games. That's either through the air or on the ground. Minnesota has been competitive in every game this season that he has at least 22 touches. Spend that cash. Save it somewhere else in your lineup. I feel even more confident about this now that Matthew Stafford is not going to play because of the COVID infection. So that means Detroit will not get up early, uh, at least not a lot, I would think. And Minnesota will have to abandon the run play. I think that they know they are technically still alive in the playoffs with the seven teams now being able to advance. And they're going to ride to Alvin Cook. You saw it last week against Green Bay. He is their best player. I mean, he's phenomenal. He really is. He's kind of, because he's in Minnesota, not really discussed about. But, I mean, he has been so good his first few years. If you take away the few times that he gets banged up and misses some games here and there. But when he plays, man, it's like 100 yards or a touchdown every single game. And this season it's been both. I love him at that cost against that team in these circumstances. And he's my top-tier pick at running back.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, just ignoring the money, he is the number one flex play this week. Like, I think he's the number one guy. Especially after last week, which sadly he was not one of the guys on our list.
0: (laughs) so pissed. And
1: he's $600 cheaper than
0: what Adams was last week. And I know Adams had had two games with 40 points. Cook has had, I believe, four games with 30 or more points and six or seven. So... Again, I don't know if it's because of how good the running back matchups are or what, but I think Cook at eighty two hundred, it's not a crazy ass for such a good matchup, and a guy that you know is going to be a focal point of what they're trying to do.
1: Yeah, so I, I yeah I think if you're paying big money for someone, he's the guy this week. So I went all the way down for to seven thousand for my tier one guy, and that's James Robinson. So before the Jags buy, Robinson had his biggest game of the year. He had 137 total yards from scrimmage, scored 34.7 points. And that uh, that was his best game, but it's not like he hasn't been putting up numbers every week. He's scored double digits without fail. He's got three games of 24 or more points. He's had at least 16 touches every week, and I think it's going to be a fair bit higher considering James Luton is going to be their starting QB this week. I guess the Jags just have to start a sixth-round rookie every year. Is he an
0: Oregon State guy? Who is he? Was it it Washington State? I don't know.
1: I think it was Oregon
0: State. I'll look it up right
1: right now. All right. Yeah, you look it up. Um, But, yeah, he's they're going to need to lean on him, and it's the perfect chance to do that because the Houston defense is awful at stopping the run. They're 29th in running back points. 31st in rushing yards allowed, 166. And the most mind-blowing stat, especially considering we're now halfway through the season, they're giving up 5.65 yards per carry to running backs this year. Wow. Which, yeah, that's just incredible. It's like you're handing the ball to Jamal Char, like peak Jamal Charles every time. That, that's what it's like to face the Houston run defense. So I think James Robinson at 7,000. You could get a huge production, and you don't have to pay a crazy amount. So I really like him this week.
0: And he was an Oregon State guy, right. uh, and I really do, though, like that play. I, he's another guy that I haven't really thought about uh, before now, but in that circumstance against that defense, uh, I could see that play really hitting. So my mid-tier play is Damian Harris against the Jets. This is tomorrow night, so if you – or no, that's Monday night, right? Is the the Packers' Niners Thursday and the – that's right. Uh, Yeah,
1: that's the Thursday. Okay,
0: I didn't want to get that mixed up. So, actually, excuse me, this is the Monday night game. Damian Harris at the Jets. He's 5,300. He's coming off a game where he had 16 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown. He seems to be the most effective player on the Pats' offense. Uh, From everything Belichick has said lately, he is done with the cam experiment, at least from a Mm -hmm. sense – or standpoint, if he's going to be flinging it, and that played out last week, and Uh in, or excuse me, two weeks ago in the game against Denver, where they just tried to run off the clock. Or excuse me, it was Buffalo last week. Actually, the last two weeks they've ran it a bunch. <laughs> um And they're playing a Jets team that is really bad on defense. They're 19th against opposing fantasy running backs. Don't get me wrong, they're really bad against the pass, but I just don't see Cam and that receiving core lighting them up. The Pats' defense hasn't been as good, and with Harris emerging as the feature back in the Pats' backfield, I just expect him to have 15 and 20 carries, probably a touchdown. And the main thing is I think that's the Pats' best formula to guarantee victory is to try to just pound it out Uh, and, you know, it's the Jets, and it would be really embarrassing to them if they lost to him. I mean, you're already hearing the whispers of, you know, Brady's more important than Belichick, or they're not even whispers, they're, they're yells. Uh, and so Belichick's a proud man. I mean, they just made a trade for a wide receiver, which shows you they are not done yet. Um, and I just – I think you're going to see them run, be really concerned in this game, make sure they get the W that they have to to kind of remain in the playoff hunt. And so I really do like uh, Damian Harris this week at fifty three hundred.
1: Yeah, I, I like the value you're getting there with how low he costs because my mid tier guy is a thousand dollars more. So that tells you how much value you could potentially be getting. But I like Josh Jacobs at sixty three hundred. He's another guy like Robinson where he's scored double digits and he's had at least eighteen touches in every game that was not against Tampa Bay's number one run defense. So, if he's not facing the best, and he's not this week, he's been consistent every week. Uh, We've talked about this before at the Raiders. It's him and Waller are the featured guys. You never know what's going to go on with the receivers there. And, you know, Chargers haven't been an awful run defense. They've been pretty solid. They're 12th in rushing yards allowed. They've only given up five touchdowns, which I believe four is the lowest. So, five has obviously been very good, but... I think it's a little fluky because they've been giving up 4.8 yards per carry to running backs. So, I mean, I think we've seen this in some of these Chargers games that they get up and they blow it late, which has led to teams not running the ball as much. So if, they, if the Raiders don't fall behind, I think Josh Jacobs is going to be getting heavy usage. And even if they do, he's a guy who does get involved in the pass game. So I think... You know, I kind of struggled with some of the mid-tiers at receiver and running back because I kind of think this is a week where the top guys would look great and then there's some great value plays. But of the mid-tier guys, I think Jacobs is the play.
0: No, that's a really good point. He's another guy I really have not thought about enough, but you're getting a guy that you know is going to be a focal point of the offense. He is every week. Uh, and I didn't know about that consistency because I haven't played Jacobs a lot this year. I haven't had him in my fantasy leagues. He's going to be somebody I, I check out at that price tag in because I didn't realize he was that low. Uh, my bargain play is Jamichael Hasty. This is at the Thursday night game for sure. Uh, versus Green Bay at forty eight hundred. The Niners' backfield is, I mean, the Walking Dead isn't even the right joke for it because they have another big hit. As Coleman came back last week, he went down again against the Seahawks. That only leaves Hasty and McKinnon against a bad Packers defense that was just torched by the Vikings' Dalvin Cook. The Niners are going to be without Debo Samuel. They're going to be out with Jimmy G. They're going to be out with uh, Kittles. I I think Shanahan is going to lean on the run game in this one. And I just like Hasty better than I do McKinnon, uh, but I don't hate either option. And that's mostly by the the point that Hasty got the most carries last week after the injury occurred with Coleman. Uh, And, again, they they will scheme it sometimes different, but I just think they've tried McKinnon a few times in the last – excuse me, this season, or actually I guess they did it some last year too because he returned late – he just has not been able to be more than a 8 to 10, you know, touch guy. So I really do think if they're going to have success, it's going to be hasty. Now, the only thing that does concern me is if Aaron Rodgers does as well as Joe saying, and I think there's a very good chance of that, the Niners could end up getting down. But he's also, uh, you know, he's had a few targets each game, a few receptions that he's got a good bit of uh, carry. So I don't hate it. But at 4,800, he's a guy I do think that could have some big upside because we've seen in several games the Packers do struggle against the run and they give up a lot of touchdowns. So Hasty and to another or lesser extent McKinnon are both good options this week. I just like Hasty. as my bargain play at 4,800.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's, there's kind of some risk there, which is why I'm not sure if I'll put any Niners guy in my lineup this week. But – if someone goes off on the Niners, it's, it's going to be him.
0: Or are you right?
1: Yeah, or, that's true. I, let's, let's not forget about one of the guys who actually came through last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, at, at under 5,000, I think he's a really solid play. Because, yeah, I think there's the chance. Anytime it's a Niners running back under 5,000, those guys, it seems like every other week at least, there's like a 60-yard touchdown run. And so again, you if you're doing single
0: entries, which is what I predominantly do, you can yeah. get away with one bust. Like you can, yeah. and definitely cash, and sometimes do even better than that, where you're in the, you know, say top, I don't know, 10% of entries in it, and then you're going to win some, you know, good return on your investment. But, I mean, it is a full disclosure, and it's that way with all of our bargain picks.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Sometimes they're more boomer bust. This is definitely one of the more boomer bust plays.
1: But yeah, what I like about Niners' boomer bust plays at running back is because that offense tends to come up with big run plays more than anyone else. You get one 50 yard touchdown run, you've justified any player at under five. Exactly. That's it. Absolutely. You don't need anything else. Um my tier 3 guy is Justin Jackson at 4900. So over the last 3 weeks he scored at least 10 points every week. He's averaged four receptions which, you know, as we always mention with the running backs especially if you're getting those receptions, that's huge because DraftKings is PPR. And also over those three weeks, he's led the team in carries twice, including 17 last week. It, Josh Kelly has not looked great. I I think they said he was like running, was it soft or running scared? It said something like that this Yeah, week. Uh, Len like, said he, le- he was hesitant
0: is what yeah, he said.
1: Yeah, that's, that's not what you want to hear. So it, it really feels like I don't. I don't want to guarantee Justin Jackson is now like the number one back there until Eckler's is back. Oh, I but think it's safe to say it, I do it think appears that way. Say. And the Raiders are a great defense to face if you were a running back. Four point eight yards per carry. They are 31st in short yardage situations, which makes sense because they are dead last in rushing touchdowns allowed at 12. So, if Justin Jackson is a guy who's been able to score points every week consistently. Like I said, at under 5,000, all you're really asking is get me double digits and then anything more is gravy. And he's been doing that, and it's a great matchup for him to score a touchdown or even multiple touchdowns. So I like him at 4,900. I do too, and I and I
0: think we didn't exactly you know endorse him, but I also like Justin Herbert this week. Uh, I just think he's became... A must start. He, he was a little bit more expensive, especially when you look at guys like Rogers and, you know, Watson, that I think Rogers is actually $100 cheaper. Watson was 200 or $300 more.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I would rather take them. But if you want to use Herbert at 6800 I am not going to, you know, by any means no. uh, tell you that's a bad pick, the way he's playing. Ironically, my top-tier receiver, and I'm going to keep using this guy, I'm telling you, until it – DraftKings or whoever, however they come up with these rankings, gets higher. It's Keenan Allen versus the Raiders. He's only $7,000. I I don't understand this. (laughs) He had 11 more targets, nine more receptions, and a touchdown against the Broncos last week. He is a target monster. I keep saying this every week. Joe keeps saying this every week. He should be in your lineup. He is getting an average of almost 12 targets a game, seven receptions, I talked about how it was kind of, you know, a fluky-ish type deal that he had two touchdowns coming in the Broncos game. I expect his touchdowns to start going up. Uh, He scored last week. I think he's going to continue to do that. Uh, And, again, at seven grand for a guy that I know is going to get 12 targets with a quarterback who is cooking and likes to take shots down the field and an offense that's scoring a lot of points – I mean, I I don't understand why you would not take him at seven grand, especially when you look at, you know, some of the names either just below him. Uh, There is one just above him. But I think kind of getting to the point you were making too, I tried to save most of my money this week and a a majority of my lineups to be able to load up on receiver because I think there's some really good uh, receiving options, you know, near the top that will not break you to where you could put two or three of the you know, sort of top to upper half of the middle tier and one lineup. Uh, who
1: is your top tier play this week? Uh, my top tier play is Stefan Diggs, who I, I mean, spoiler alert, he's again, he's playing Seattle. <laughs> like, they give up 359 yards per game. They've had a single game where they've given up less than 299 yards. So the yardage is going to be there. And considering last week Buffalo threw for only 154 yards and Diggs still managed 92 yards, Yeah, I think he's pretty safe. He is first in the entire league in targets this year. He has 79 targets on the year. He has 921 air yards, so that's fourth in the league. So, I mean, he's a guy who does his work all over the field. He's the number one deep threat. He's the number one middle-of-the-field threat. I mean, he's awesome, and I mean, we all, like I said, I also picked Russell Wilson, so I think Buffalo is going to have to pass to have any chance to keep up in this game, so I mean, I, I love him at 7,400. Like you said, I think receiver is what I'm really feeling this week, because there are a number of good guys in that 7,000 range.
0: The uh, other guy on Buffalo, I like Cole Beasley a lot this mm. week as well. Uh, Seattle's secondary is really oh, bad. I mean, awful. Joe talked about it last week. Uh, I think they had given up right the most yardage in the NFL if you didn't even account what receivers did after they caught the ball
1: uh, going into last week. When that statue I mean, gave it, it was it was close. I, I can't remember what it was now, but yeah, it was like they were a bottom five like pass <laughs> defense, even if you've removed Yak. So which
0: uh that's that's good for a guy like Stephon Diggs, who can definitely get open and we know he can make big plays. My middle tier guy, and he's a little expensive, but I think he's worth it. And this was kind of the point I was just getting at. It's Terry McLaurin mm -hmm. versus the Giants. He's sixty five hundred dollars. He's had sixty-nine targets in seven games. Against this same team just a few weeks ago, he had seven catches for 74 yards. I know that's only 14.4 points, but you throw in a touchdown, that's 20.4 points. He busts one of those plays to get over 100 yards. That's close to 20 points. Uh, And he scored 14 or more points in four of his seven games, 22 or more in three of his seven. He's 6,500. The Giants, again, he's had some success against them recently. And the main thing is he's going to get a ton of targets. He's actually looked better with Kyle Allen as quarterback. Uh, since they've made the change, which does not say much uh, for their star quarterback that they drafted a couple of years ago. I'm just not even going to hammer these guys anymore. (laughs) Uh, But I really do like McLaurin this week a lot. They're coming out of a bye. I I think they're going to feed him a lot. I think they're going to move him all over the field. Uh, And, I mean, let's be honest, him and uh, I think Gibson are probably their two best weapons on offense. And coming out of a bye, they're going to use him. So I really like McLaurin as my mid-tier receiver.
1: Yeah, like, like you said, I think at minimum you're probably getting a similar game to what he had against the Giants the first time. And if you throw in a passing touchdown, you're, you're set. Um, I'm going even a little bit cheaper on this one. I like Brandon Cooks all the way down at 5,500. You know, he had a, he had a rough start to the year, but over the last 3 games before their bye, he had at least 7 catches and 60 yards in every single game. He averaged 22.6 points on DraftKings over that time. And the biggest of those 3 games was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He put up 8 receptions for 161 yards and a touchdown. I'm certainly not predicting, you know, that stat line again, but I would be shocked if he doesn't score double digits, and I think he has a great chance to get a touchdown. Because again, I mean, the Jags are just—they are so awful at stopping the pass. They are the worst in the league when you adjust for opponents. So, I mean, I think you could play a lot of different Houston people this week, but I think you'll struggle to find better value than Cooks at fifty-five hundred. He is the guy that's in the most of
0: my lineups this week. That. He's not on my list, and I just want to add to that because I love Brandon Cooks this week at 5,500. In the first four games this season, he had four points in the first week, 14.5 in the second, 5.3 and zero. His targets for those week 5, 8, where he got the high game, 14.5, right. 15, and 3. The last three weeks, he scored 33 21 and 13, the even bigger factor is he had 12 targets, nine targets, nine targets. He's averaging now 10 targets a game the last three weeks. Him and Watson have found something out. That is when the Texans are at their best. Last year when that offense was really cooking was when both Fuller and Hopkins were actually threats. Cooks is now that number two receiver. And that's why the Texans are playing better. Now, they're not winning a lot more games because their defense sucks and a lot of <laughs> other factors. But as we said, Watson's playing really good. And it just needs to be remembered, Cooks is a really good receiver. I mean, he's averaging 13 points a game for what? Again, that's seven games. And in three of those games, he scored four points, five points, and zero points. Uh, I love Cooks this week. I think that's a great pick. Uh, and I think that should be in most people's lineups. So. Um yeah. So, full uh, disclosure, Marvin Jones Jr. was my play uh, for Bargain at 5,100. I still don't think it's a bad play because he's going to get targets. He's going to get looks. Uh, You got Chase Daniels as the quarterback. And you're playing Minnesota, who's bad. But I thought I was getting Stafford. Uh, but (laughs) So, I'm going to change that official pick. And I'm going to go to Devontae Parker at Mm 5,200. He is a number one receiver. Now, has he had a a good couple of weeks? No, he has not. Uh, Did it look good last week when he got two targets from their rookie quarterback? No, it did not. But again, Devontae is a guy that has had a touchdown in two games this year. He's their top uh, targeted receiver, as he's had three games of eight or more targets, including a game where he had 12 targets against a bad secondary in Seattle. Arizona also has a bad secondary. I think that Miami without Gaskins is going to throw a lot more. They got that extra time uh, you need to remember for their uh, th- coming out of the bye. I don't think they had to use a lot of their plays last week because the defense jumped on the Ram so bad. So they made it very vanilla. They didn't do much. I think that played a w- uh, way into Tua looking so bad and I'm just big into Tua. I think he's a talented guy. I think the more he gets to throw, the better opportunities for his receiver. So I do like Devontae Parker at 5,200. And, again, I'm not saying if you still want to go Marvin Jones at 5,100, it's not a bad play. I'm just not nearly as confident about it without, obviously, Stafford playing because of the COVID deal.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, Marvin Jones was going to be a guy, I think, yeah, like almost everyone should have had in their lineup with Matthew Stafford. But – I almost feel good because I actually, like, between the election, I just totally forgot to put in, like, him on waivers to pick up in one of my leagues, Marvin Jones, and now I don't feel as bad about <laughs> it. But You uh,
0: don't want him when Galladay comes back. He has done nothing this year oh, when Galladay's in
1: the lineup. So my tier three guy, I'm just I'm going back to the well, Deontay Johnson at 5,000. He followed up his huge week. With one reception for six yards against the Ravens, so just a complete dud of a game. The good news is Dallas is not Baltimore in you know, pretty much every way, but especially in that secondary. Dallas is 31st against receivers. They have given up 18 passing touchdowns, which is 30th in the league. And Deontay, despite missing a couple games and not finishing a couple games, he is the Steelers' leader in end zone targets this year with six. So you've got a team that gives up a ton of passing touchdowns. You've got the number one guy right, in the Steelers' offense, in the end zone, Deontay Johnson. And again, only 5000 I I don't know why anyone would take Juju, who's like $1,300 more. To me, to me, I would put them in the reverse order that they are on DraftKings, where I'd go Deontay, Claypool, Yeah, Yeah, Claypool's like $700 more. Yeah, so for me, I would play them in the reverse order, especially because they're the difference in value. So I like Deontay at 5000 I don't. I, I wouldn't mind if people took Claypool at 5700 but I don't, I just don't see the value in
0: Juju. No, I think ever. Johnson's to play at 5000 I have him for my flex. I'll go ahead and tell you, for my low tier, and just to, again, give more of what Joe is saying, he had a bad game last week. It happens. The Ravens are a good defense. That's a physical game. I mean, if you really look at it, none of the receivers really did anything, you know, out of this world. Ben wasn't great. And Deontay's other three games that he's been fully healthy and played the entire game, he has 38 targets, 23 receptions, and three touchdowns. So if you're telling me a guy in three games puts up those kind of numbers, he just had a dud. I have a feeling against that defense. Worst case, he's going to be back in that 560, you know, yards, probably a touchdown range, which is very doable. Uh, against the Cowboys so I love him that's actually going to be my flex play moving on to tight ends this is another one that it's a little unfortunate uh because I'm going to stick with him I still like T.J. Hawkinson uh because of the Stafford thing I will say that take a look at Gronk uh Gronk has quietly scored a touchdown in three straight games his targets have gone up New Orleans is 19th uh in the nfl against tight ends for fantasy point uh projections or points per game and i mean it looks like they were just kind of inundating gronk to the offense letting him get back in game shape and now that he is he looks like brady's honestly you know one of his favorite targets especially in the red zone where brady's always been great and so is gronk so that's somebody to look at but hawkinson's my official pick at 5100 at minnesota galladay is out and Hawkinson should be the biggest benefactor of the targets. He had 10 targets in last week's game that Galladay went out early in. Uh, he scored a touchdown in two of his last three games, and it's coming off back-to-back games with 16.9 points and 13.5 points. And again, Minnesota's secondary is really bad. And you know, the more I kind of think about this, I actually really do like Hawkinson even in this play because even if the Vikings get up big, again, you have a chance of Chase Daniels just flinging it late, trying yeah. to get points, trying to you know garbage time. And Hawkinson's probably going to be in during that, and he again is going to be him, DeAndre Swift, Marvin Jones. You can look at some of their other receivers potentially, but I really think that Hawkinson and Swift are the two they're going to benefit the most, and then Marvin Jones would be the third guy behind that. And again, at fifty one hundred, I mean that's what you're paying for Marvin Jones. So even if you want to go with a different tight end a little bit higher, and then go with Hawkinson as your flex don't hate that either but he is my top tier tight end
1: yeah i think you know it's an interesting sign of like how how much we like that matchup of a lot of these detroit guys against minnesota and that even without matthew stafford they're still a reasonable place and a miserable game last week Devonte adams had three touchdowns a
0: miserable like that was a miserable oh, yeah. weather game too that was in the same you know crap everybody else was facing They were the only team that gave up a ton of passing, touchdowns, yards, et cetera, up there. They're really bad. Like the Falcons, Cowboys, the Seahawks, those teams get crap. I don't know why the Vikings don't, you know, bear out as bad, but every game I've seen the Vikings play against, they get torched.
1: So my tier one guy is Darren Waller at 5,800. And he's super fun in that I don't remember if I picked him two or three times, but. Oh, you've gone to the well. He's up there with my uh, Keenan Allen plays. But he's scored double digits every week except two of the times that I Oh, I'm
0: not hating on it. If you were picking a guy over and over again, he works out. That's just being smart. It's just like us going back to the well on Deontay Johnson, who we've picked a good bit on here. Uh, No, Waller is, I mean, I've said it the the few times I've picked him. He is the Raiders' biggest weapon. I mean, I know Jacobs, I guess, technically is number one, but Waller is going to get the most, you know, Uh, receptions, he's going to get the
1: most touchdowns, et cetera. So so despite his second less than stellar game from when I picked him last week, yeah, he's, I, I think I said these exact same things last week. He's second in targets and receptions among tight ends. Only Travis Kelsey has more. He's third in yards. Only Kelsey and for now Kittle have more. So he is, yeah, he's the number one option in this passing offense and the chargers, you know, if, if uh, they've really felt Derwin James's absence against tight ends, anything that's over the middle of the field. They've really struggled. They're twenty-second overall on DraftKings against tight ends. You know, I I expect this to be a fairly high scoring game. And so that that's why I really do like Jacobs and Waller, both of them. And to your point, I mean Keenan Allen, I mean I have Justin Jackson on mine. I expect a lot of points in this game. So I would make sure to probably at least pick somebody in your lineups who's on either the Raiders or the Chargers this week. Yep, I agree. I think it's going to be a shootout. My middle-tier guy is Noah
0: Fant at Atlanta, 4,600. He is just now kind of getting healthy. He's I, I was so big on him this year, and he had that early injury, missed a couple of games. But he scored 11 or more points in three out of his last four games with Locke as the starter or excuse me, three of the four games with Locke as the start of the season. He also has 27 targets in those four games. So if you look at it, when Locke plays, he gets at least usually seven, eight targets a game. He faces a Falcons' best defense that, uh, it's awful. I mean, it sucks if you look at it. Hawkinson had 60 yards and a touchdown in the Falcons' last home game. I could see Fant doing a very similar line uh, and if you're going to give me 16.7 points uh, at a tight end for 4,600, sign me up, move me on. I, I almost <laughs> guaranteed Fant will score a touchdown against the Falcons this week. I just I think that they really struggle with big athletic guys. Fant is in that category as a tight end. Same thing as Hawkinson. I think Fant gets a touchdown for sure, and at 4,600, he's a great play. That's my middle-tier tight end.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you just hope that touchdown is not as heartbreaking as the... Oh, Hawks no do. shit. Jesus.
0: <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joe. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> there could never be too much misery for us this year.
0: That's right. right. You're a Giants fan, so I don't feel that bad. But, you know, it's still, it's, as I said earlier in this podcast, misery loves company. We had to find
1: something to do with this football season. So, yeah, speaking of my Giants and heartbreak, my tier two my guys... God. Is Evan Ingram. Yeah. 4,300. So he is facing a Washington football team defense that is 31st against tight ends this year. And that's despite Ingram only putting up two catches for 30 yards three weeks ago against them. So that tells you how bad they've been outside of that game. And the good news for Ingram is, despite one humongous drop in the two <laughs> games since then, he's had 11 catches for 19. 19- or 11 catches on 19 targets. So he's really seeing the ball a lot. Uh, he would have scored. He's had double digits both weeks. It would have been more had he cut that pass. two carries
0: him. in two out of the last four games, and at least a rushing carry in three out
1: of the last four, too. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're committed to getting him the ball. I, th- I think earlier in the year he scored a touchdown on one of those games, too. He did, yeah. And I, I think one of the keys for him, of what we've seen the last two weeks where he's been finally productive, is I think it's Sterling Shepard's back out there. Mm-hmm. Because before you could just cover Slayton deep, Golden Tate has really not done much of anything this yeah. year. And I was, I was really hoping we'd be able to trade him and get like, I don't know, a fifth or sixth rounder or something, but that didn't happen, not surprisingly. Right, but watch. yeah, I think Shepard opens up the field for him because it makes defense have... They have to cover someone else, you know, <laughs> besides him and Slayton. And, then, yeah, with Saquon out, too, that's really made it tough for him. So I think now that he can't be keyed on as much, I think he's more productive. And, again, Washington's been awful against tight ends, so I think he can really take advantage this week.
0: I like that play. I'll go ahead and tell you, he's uh, on several of my yearly fantasy teams, and he is in a couple of lineups I got going this week. My bargain guy, my dude, Trey Burton, uh, I've had some success with Trey this year. He's he facing, <laughs> uh, He's facing a Baltimore— Uh, defense. He's only 3,500. He's very quietly had 40 points in his last three games. I don't think anybody's really talked about he's still available in most weekly leagues. If you need a tight end this week, don't be afraid to pick up uh, Burton. He has two rushing touchdowns and is averaging five targets per game during that spin. The Ravens have not been very good against the tight end this year. They're I think like 18th or 19th in the league fantasy points per game. You look at Eric Ebron, who I actually think is a pretty similar tight end to Trey Burton. He had four catches for 40 yards and a touchdown last week. I hate to do it because, you know, I've had two good weeks with Trey Burton this year, but I'm going back to the wall that third time. He scored in every game so far, so I hope I didn't just jinx it. But I think Burton will score again this week against Baltimore. Uh, I actually expect Baltimore to jump on Indy, which will make it even more likely that they're throwing a lot even more making it likely that Burton will score a touchdown. Uh, but at 3,500, you can do a lot worse than that for
1: your tight end this week. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am not going to doubt your Trey Burton picks anymore. <laughs> much. Um, so for my third tier guy, I'm going all the way down to 3,300, and that's Jordan Akins, who I have picked before, but he was out with a concussion that week.
0: I gave you credit for that,
1: though. You deserved it. Yeah, because Fells actually went off that week. Mm-hmm. And so th- I think that's why he's so low-priced. He's back for the first time after missing three weeks with that concussion. And Fels is $900 more because in two of those three weeks, he scored a touchdown and broke 50 yards. But I think it's important to remember that Aikens was the starter for those first three weeks before he was injured. He was dominating the snaps. I would expect probably more of an even split, but... I'm fine taking the risk because again, he's facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are 29th against tight ends. They they might have the worst safety linebacking combo in the entire league. It's awful. I think on, it may be the worst defense. I think I, I think it is the worst defense. I mean, PFF has I think both of their safeties are in the 60s in their rankings, and you know, there's only two safeties per team that are usually getting ranked, so that's near <laughs> the bottom. Uh, I know their linebackers are in a similar spot. So I think at 3,300, he's a guy who I expect to at least be getting 50% of the snaps and has a great chance to score. Because, again, Fells was productive over that time Mm -hmm. period. So it's not like the tight ends are getting ignored in Houston.
0: Again, Watson's playing well. I like that. Uh, The flex, I mentioned them earlier. Julio, 7,200 at home versus Denver. Julio, since returning from injury, has scored 78.4 points in three games. Okay? Julio is back. <laughs> he's feeling better. Uh, that's over 26 points per game. Again, he's getting that extra day's rest because they were a Thursday game. As a Falcons fan, trust me, Julio does very well in games where he gets the extra days. They usually have a few more plays dialed up for him. Uh, and then, again, if Ridley ends up missing, that's even better for Julio. If Ridley's out there, it's not bad for Julio uh, because he's played in all these games that Julio's been going nuts in. I think he is an absolute must-start. Like, he's in almost every one of my lineups this week at 7,200. You're not going to get a guy that averages – again, he's averaging over 26 points per game the last three weeks. If you remember his first game, he scored like 35 points. Then he got banged up. He had a bad four-week stretch. But in the four games that basically he has played – When healthy, he has gone nuts. Uh, So Julio is a must play against a Denver secondary that, again, we've proven. Keenan Allen had a good game last week. Marvin Williams had a good game last week. I love Julio at seventy two hundred.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good play this week on a PFF. You know, I've mentioned it a couple times that they have their wide receiver cornerback matchup rankings and. Julio is a very close second for the biggest advantage this week, according to PFF's system. And their number one, who I almost went here to my tier one, is uh, Adam Thielen. I'm just a little bit worried. As much as I think that game will probably be pretty close, there's always the chance that Chase Daniels just plays awful. And then maybe Minnesota is just feeding Cook, and there's not enough passes Or to it's just around. the same, you know, format as last
0: week, where it was all Cook.
1: Yeah, so you know, I, I think there's definitely a potential for Thielen or Justin Jefferson this week. But my tier one guy for flex is James Conner. Uh, he's just another guy. Week one, he looked bad against the Giants early, then got knocked out of the game. Since then, at least 14 points every single week. 15 carries every week, averaging three receptions a game, and he's facing the Dallas Cowboys who are giving up oh, dead last 171 yards rushing a game, five yards per carry to running backs, 11 touchdowns, which is near the bottom of the league. And, I mean, there's just no reason to believe that this game is going to be close. So I expect a lot of James Conner. So, I mean, 7,000. Like we said, I – with running backs, I'm kind of liking the top tier guys and then the bottom tier guys. Like I feel like in a lot of my lineups, I'm going to be putting, you know, like a cook, uh, a, Connor, you know, a couple of, yep. I, and then being, and then my second guy is going to be down in the 5,000 range. Nope. I, I completely could see that. Um, again, I'm,
0: I'm not going to go back over Deontay Johnson. Who's my low tier at 5,000. My middle tier flex guy is a big gamble, but Give me Antonio Brown versus New Orleans for 5,500. Uh, I, 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 we don't know how much usage he's going to get. We're not going to ensure how many snaps, but it's AB. It's 5,500 in a similar situation with the Pats in 2019. He had four catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. For 5,500, you're going to tell me I'm going to get 14.8 points? Give it to me. If Godwin ends up not playing, he could be like a huge play this week at 5,500. And let's put it this way. If Brown goes out and has, say, five, six catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown, he could be almost $7,000 next week. Like, for real, because he's Antonio Brown. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: And I just think, again, if you're getting talent at this price with the potential either of Godwin missing or banged up, I think he's a really good deal at 5,500. I'm going with Antonio Brown. as my middle tier And, again, my low tier was Deontay Johnson at 5,000.
1: So you can go over both your middle and low tier, Joe. All right. So I I just said that running back, I'm probably going to just go high-low. But my middle tier flex is still a running back all the same. (laughs) So that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I think, you know, there's definitely some risk here. He's only had 14 carries over the last two games because – but I think people are overrating that being because of Le'Veon Bell and not the fact that Kansas City was just absolutely demolishing the Broncos and Jets in those games. Well, wasn't
0: saying like, Mahomes looks like he's on a cheat code right now. Right, like it's so like every other pass he throws is a touchdown.
1: Right, so the, they lit up teams early, and then they lit them up so badly, and those were teams you're just not afraid of coming back on you. That there wasn't really a point to giving your number one running back a lot of, a lot of play. And we've again, he's facing a team that we've talked about multiple times over the last two months, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Now, the Panthers, I do think, will put up enough points where this game won't get out of hand until probably the second half, but they've given up 125 yards per game to running backs. Well, so few... The Panthers are really good against the pass, and not so much game.
0: against the run, yeah. yeah.
1: And, I mean, the big thing, and I think this is a reason why I think Le'Veon Bell could also be a solid cheap play, is the Panthers are tied with the Raiders for most rushing touchdowns allowed this year, given up 12. So I think there's a really good chance he can get in the end zone. I, I expect his number of carries to be about double what it's been each of the last two weeks. Again, um, for me, my, I'm probably not going to be putting him in a lot of lineups because I like the high-low play this week. But if you are looking for a mid-tier guy in that, like, 6,000 range, I think Clyde edwards helaire is a solid play. And then my lower-tier guy, I'm going with DeAndre Swift. And I, he's. I feel like I have a few plays like that, this this week where their guys coming off awful games. He had six carries for one yard last week, which is hard to do unless you're behind the Giants' offensive line. But that was against the Colts. Colts defense is really good this season. As and they jumped t-
0: up early.
1: Yeah. And as we've talked about, the Vikings are not really good on defense this year. <laughs> it's the worst defense they've had under Mike Zimmer. And I know, you know, there's this perception, obviously. We, we think DeAndre Swift is clearly the most talented back there. And while the numbers haven't totally borne out that the Lions coaching staff has fully realized that yet, since the bye, he's been the number one running back in. Out there, he's been getting the most play. And last week, it wasn't just he got a plurality of the play, he played 60% of the snaps last week. Oh, he's their best but, back. So I think they are slowly but surely figuring it out. And at 5,000, I mean, this is a guy who had a 30 point game. So there's a chance you'd He's had a, three games and, of more than 14 points. Too. Yeah, he's a guy, you're, the real chance of an explosion game. Especially if the Lions do stay in that game. I think he's going to get a lot of play. a lot of And carry. he plays
0: a lot, I'm sure, if they're throwing a lot. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's a very
1: good pass catching back, too. It's, it's not like AP where if the game gets out of hand, right, done. You're not going to see him at all. So I think DeAndre Swift, he's one of the guys I'm looking at where I'm going to go high in that 7,000-8,000 range, and then I might drop down and take him as my second running back or flex at 5,000. So for the defenses, I'm
0: just going to go over all three because, again, we say this every week. I mean, there's not usually a big disparity in the defenses. Yes, you occasionally have a week like last week where I think there was two or three teams that actually scored 20 points or more. Most weeks, you're just trying to get five to ten points. And if you get that, that's great. Take it and move on, especially because, again, the most expensive one is usually no more than 5000 Uh so I've got the Steelers at Dallas at 4,900. <laughs> Dallas has so bad. Uh, I mean, Ben, what is it, Nannucci, right? And not that how you say it, Nannucci? Uh, ben Denucci, I
1: think. I uh think, I think so.
0: <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was a real quote, said the NFL's hard. If he thought the Philadelphia Eagles were difficult, wait until he faces this Pittsburgh Steelers offense that just made Lamar Jackson look really bad. Um. So if you can find the money, take it. But again, if you don't feel comfortable at the place, don't take them. Like it's not worth it. There's not the chance that they're gonna like because they could have a really good game, score like 11 points, and then another team could have two touchdowns. You know, be flukes—a punt return and a a you know a punt block for a touchdown—and they're gonna score like 20. So it's like just again, yeah. This is the safest one if you have the money. There's some really great options this week, though. The Cardinals are my middle tier versus Miami. I actually don't like or hate Miami versus Arizona either. It's just the Cardinals are getting, again, Tua, who will see how good he is. Gaskins is going to be out. And Arizona has at least two sacks in every game this season. They also have had seven or more points in five of their seven games. Uh That's the kind of defense I like. And then the last one is Joe's Giants versus Washington at 2,700. The Giants also get a ton of pressure. They get sacks. Washington's offense is not great. I could totally see the Giants having a pretty good game this week where they score like 20 points or so. Uh, But they should be able to get you that floor of 5 to 10 for sure, even at 2,700. Uh, I actually like that play as a lower floor uh, probably not quite as high of a ceiling to where the Cardinals, if things go bad for Tua, uh, or they start getting pressure, the Dolphins get down. I could see the Cardinals really going off, which they've done a couple of times this year. But that's my high tier of the Steelers, middle tier as the Cardinals, low tier as the Giants. What's your picks, Joe?
1: Um, I mean, I really like all of those picks. I think as far as low tier, that's I think that would have to be my pick just because I think you got to love a safe, low-tier pick where you mm-hmm. feel guaranteed you're getting points. They're not going to blow it and give you negative three. So I'll, I'm just going to pick the Giants, too, as my lower tier. Um, looking higher, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, you can't argue Pittsburgh versus Dallas. So I'll I'll drop down for my higher tier to go with the Patriots against the Jets at 3,800. Obviously, you know, this Patriots defense is, you know, nowhere close to where they were last year. But they've been a team that's given They've scored points every single week in the positive column. Last week was their worst game against Buffalo, who's one of the better offenses, and they put up three. They put up four against Kansas City, so six against Seattle. So they've given you positive points against the elite offenses, and they're playing the Jets this week. So I don't think I need to say more there. I love it. Uh, mid-tier... You know, I think you could obviously. I think you can make an argument for Washington against the Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, they're at thirty four hundred. I that they were probably a disappointment. I imagine for most people when they played the Giants last time, that they, they mm-hmm. gave up fourteen points and sc- but only scored four themselves on DraftKings. Yeah, but the one I like even a little bit more, especially because it's cheaper, is the Houston Texans at thirty one hundred. You know, again, I do like James Robinson against that defense, but. James Luton's the quarterback. And so you got to think this is a chance, especially for like a pick six type play. And that's that's the main thing you want in fantasy, especially on DraftKings, because I don't think they penalize too hard on like yardage and points. But if you get that touchdown, then you're, I mean, you're set. That's all you need. So I think, you know, this is a bad offense normally, and now they're starting a rookie and it's only 3,100 so yeah, if you're going cheap, I really like the Giants or the Texans at that twenty seven hundred and thirty one hundred. So I hope
0: our defense picks end up like last week. Like I said, we had if you you know give us both the Dolphins, we both took them, and the Eagles. Three of our six or three of our five picks, excuse me, had twenty points or more. Uh, especially because I feel better about the receivers and running backs. Uh, but that has got us to the end of the week nine preview. Jody, anything you want to plug before
1: we get out of here? I mean, hey, well, we don't have to plug voting anymore. We're done. And let all—I guess you're not though, huh? Because you're in Georgia, so you're going to have at least one runoff election. It so. looks like two now, actually. But so yeah. yeah, enjoy another month and a half of political commercials. Oh, more than ever, because it's all <laughs> the money's going to be spent here. I mean,
0: that's what they're talking about. Is yeah. it's going to be? I mean, it's the only two U.S. Senate seats we're going to have political commercials for all the way up
1: until you know the end of the year. Uh, On a positive note, Pac-12 football is back. (laughs) You'll probably not feature heavily in the national title hunt. I guess maybe Oregon or somebody will break through this year. I'm probably going to watch my Arizona Wildcats go like 2-6, and so it's going to be super exciting.
0: Well, I'm going to go ahead and jinx my Georgia Bulldogs and say to any Florida Gator fans listening out there, this will be the fourth year in a row that you lose to us. Uh, (laughs) Kirby Smart is the... Like miles better coach uh, than Dan Mullen, just like he's a miles better coach than Gus Malzahn, and like yeah, we lose to Saban. A lot of teams lose to Saban. The rest of you bitches, like it's over. Like we are now the second best team in the SEC year in and year out, and hopefully Saban dies or retires (laughs) or something one day, and then we'll you know maybe win a national championship. But I expect Georgia. To beat Florida again, I do want to plug the Team Turnbuckle podcast on the Ivy Sports podcast feed. We'll be doing our episode tomorrow night. We'll be previewing uh, the AEW pay-per-view full gear uh, this weekend, which actually has some really good matches, plus talking the supporters from the week of wrestling. Uh, And then just the Ivy Facebook group has been off the chain this week. So if you uh, do not know about that, you can search Ivy Sports on Facebook's groups. Uh, You can always reach out to us on iTunes, Spotify, or Anchor and just ask us how do we get in. We'll we'll message you back, get you the information, but you definitely check that out. And again, we appreciate the people that are sharing and listening to the podcast. Me and Joe both enjoyed doing this. Uh, We've had a good bit of success uh, with our picks uh, I mean, even last week, really, the more I thought about it and with how many busts there were at so many positions, like it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It's just our picks have been so good the few weeks before, uh, you know, I was disappointed. But uh, we spent a lot of time on this and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Also, uh, obviously,
1: appreciate if you share it. And yeah, anyone who makes money off of our picks, let us know cuz we just it's nice to hear, especially cuz we do not always make money off of our picks cuz we'll just choose the wrong combination. The <laughs> stinker tinker, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, if if you do well with one of our picks, let us know cuz that 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 you know, it's just nice to hear, it keeps us motivated.
0: It's the second week in a row that we've had somebody in the group say that they won uh, either first or second in one of their group pools uh by using basically all of our picks. So, uh it does make us feel good uh and you know also again it just you know shows people are listening and it's actually working out for their benefit but uh joe i really enjoy it and uh we'll see you next wednesday and let's hope our picks are fire this week buddy
1: yeah i'm you know especially fingers crossed on that giants defense pick
0: (laughs) absolutely man and the julio all right buddy we'll see you all right later bye